Orgasms this week on Nothing Good. was a fantastic opening as always, always. Uh, this is nothing good we're going to talk about tantric orgasms uh, four yeah. guys just sitting around talking about how to make it happen yeah, yeah. that's a dream to the dream yeah, sounds like you finished before <laughs> you started toast to that well don't we yeah, all yeah mm, clink, 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 clink. Clink. yeah clink clink uh, speaking of which what are you guys drinking tonight before we get into tantric orgasms well in honor of tonight's uh, theme Yes. And one of the characters in tonight's film, uh, and I will be talking a lot about the actress who plays this character, and the character is Cammy. Uh, we have Union Jack IPAs from Firestone Walker ah, Brewery. It looks like the three of you guys are drinking that. How do you like it? Tastes Look, like an IPA. Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's hoppy. It's uh, hoppy. A little bitter. It's yeah. got a little, Just like little extra. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm drinking a Southern Tier eight days a week, oh. uh, which on the can is specifically stated infinitely drinkable. And it's pretty tasty. Is it infinitely drinkable? That's we're going to find out. Okay. <laughs> we next have, episode. It's like the everlasting gospel. I'm still drinking the son of a bitch next episode. It is Never infinitely drinkable. Ends. We have drinking a lot of Southern Tier over the last season and a half of doing this podcast. So they're everywhere around here. They, man. they, they are. Um, and I, I'm wondering at what point, you know, season one, it was Arby's, right? At what point <laughs> can we parlay Southern Tier and a little bit of a sponsorship on this thing? That's a great question. I, I'm still... You know, sometimes I just call Arby's in the middle of the night and I just breathe into the phone. And I think, like, at this point, they know it's me, but I'm still trying for their sponsorship. So let's get them first. And then the fine people who make a delicious beverage over at Southern Tier uh, can get on the train. Baby steps. Now, now, when you're breathing on the phone with them, is it just your typical breathing or is it a tantric orgasm? Uh, I never let myself finish for Arby's. I don't think we're there yet in a relationship. I'll fake it. Right, but you got sometimes you got to do that move where you're like, oh, I'm a little too excited. So you just kind of back out, you know, and you're like walking around a room like you don't deserve this. You know, you ready for this? I don't know. What's your favorite color? And then you like start over again. You know, like you, you act like you're doing it for them. <laughs> do it for like yourself. you're doing it for them, but really you're doing it for you because you don't want to blow your load over a beef and cheddar smokehouse brisket sandwich. I'm, That's I'm, very specific, and I appreciate it is. that. Yeah. Uh, horsey sauce and Arby sauce? Oh, just Arby sauce. Just Arby sauce? You're not putting the horsey I, on there? I don't mind horseradish, but in the uh, heartburn. in the oh. thing. But in the asshole, feels just fine. Well, of course. I mean, that goes without saying. There's two things that I think everyone in the world should try. It's uh, horsey sauce in your asshole, and then right after you get out of the shower when your balls are wet, put some gold bond powder on that. It's like a thousand elves with ice-cold hands just slapping the shit out of your junk. It is good stuff. Okay. And speaking That's, of slapping the well, shit out of your junk, guys, what are we talking about today? Street Fighter the movie. <laughs> <laughs> junk slapping ensues. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. 
I want to say hello to anyone who is recently discovering our show at this moment. So I have a, I have a funny story about that. Yeah. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the uh, of the listening audience, uh, recently my mother uh, has had uh, hip, hip replacement surgery, and uh, thank you all very much, everybody. She's doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything went very well. Uh, but she's staying at my sister's house. My sister does not have cable. So she just has internet TV. We hooked up the Fire Stick. She has an Apple TV there. Cut the so, cord. So, yeah. So my mom, but she's paying a shit ton of money anyways because she's like using YouTube TV. So I think she, it's ultimately it balancing out. out. Yeah. But the reason why I say this is that as I'm going through the Apple TV, I saw podcasts. So what did I go and load onto my mother's television set? Mm. But nothing good. Oh. Hell yeah. And uh, my mother's going to listen to this introduction. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, and and be very... I mean, she listened to Nothing Good Yoga. Oh. Okay, so why that would was you, far Why off. would she do that? <laughs> <laughs> you should not have started with that. Well, available start, in the archives, So I didn't start with that. So, so this is the fun part about this, right? So I put on... I think, what episode did we put on? I think it was the... Um, it was one of the recent movie episodes we did. Can't remember exactly which one it was. But uh, and then we kind of circle back to the Die Hard episode and everything, and my mom just kind of goes, you know, I, I can't listen to this show because you guys just curse too much. Aww. You just Aww. you just is that I hear Herb, her saying it? Is that Herb Jones? He just said fuck. Like she three did not times. say that. Yes, she did. Yeah. Well, good. She, well, actually, she kind of said, well, was was that Herb Jones? <laughs> did he just say fuck? Oh my god. I have so, never sworn in front of your mother once. You have not, but in this <laughs> but podcast, have. you have <laughs> a Indirectly. lot. Indirectly. The podcast so is giving lot. people things that they didn't even know they yeah. needed. So, so as we're kind of like listening to it and everything, and 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 on, to be honest, like my mom and my sister are just both kind of like tuning in and tuning out a little bit, and my mom just goes, "I can't listen to this because you just you just swear too much." And I'm like, "We do not fuck." <laughs> uh, as, as it's going on. So I'm like, okay, well, let's listen to like the first five minutes and just kind of see. Uh, there are 11 fucks. <laughs> that was a low, low ball in That's day. what yeah. I told her. That was, we must have yeah, like, you think they but, get it was in church mode that day well, and only do 11 fucks. And, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I grew up with, like, you guys raised me. Where do you think I, I talk like this? It's not because I'm around my friends. It's because of, like, you and dad. Yeah. You guys curse like fucking sailors. Don't don't look at us. Now that you're trying to like, do it we're professionally, we're the catalyst. Like, like, <laughs> try to sit there like you're fucking holier than that than us at this point. What's the, your sister think? Uh, my sister, my. <laughs> oh, good. This will be good. It's it's. It, I mean, you know, my sister. So this is pretty much on brand. Uh, my sister said, "Oh, how many how many downloads does your podcast have?" And I mentioned how many downloads we are at this point. And she goes, "Oh, if you had me on the show, it would go through the roof." And then she just like fucking walked away, <laughs> like can, not breaking the brand eye contact. Awareness of Dave's not, sister. That's not, what's gonna break the show. Not even breaking eye contact, just like walking away. You remember, you know, like meme where like the dude is kind of like amongst all of his friends, and they're all going oh, and the one dude like goes across the picture, and he's got his hands up in his face like oh. I'm about to end this whole, man's whole career. Yeah, maybe. I'm gonna yeah. ask yeah. a serious question, and you know how much love I have for your family, how. Your parents, I, I, I literally, I consider you guys family. It's true. Your sister included. Your family too, man. Fucking why? <laughs> I don't know. What makes her think? 
that are being on the show would be like a big goddamn deal. I, I don't know. Because it wouldn't be. Like the con- but the confidence. I, I respect The confidence it. she had as she fucking looked me dead in the eye and just said, well, if you really want to make this thing big, have me on the podcast. Like she's got 14 million followers followers on TikTok just waiting. Dude, right? She might. I don't know. I don't you know. know. She she very well could, right? You should uh hear you know what the next time you're in person with your sister uh and the podcast comes up, you should jump to eight minutes into today's episode so I can tell your sister the cautionary tale of someone who said the same thing to me. Oh, oh my god. And that would be the cautionary tale of Drew. Uh, who claimed that if he would appear on our podcast, that we would get so many more listeners and the content would be so much better than it already is. And not only did that not happen, but he almost shut the fucking show down <laughs> with his fucking horseshit. <laughs> so so in your head, yeah. you think, oh, I'm the thing that's going to take this podcast to the next level. But in actuality, you're going to murder it. You know, so let's let's go ahead and take all of that. Right, yeah. and let's just move it to the side just for a minute. For a moment, and let's go ahead and, and assume that that would happen if my sister was a guest on this show. Knowing what we talk about, mm-hmm. I have no fucking clue what we could bring her on to talk about on an episode of this show that would really kind of—it's not it, different audiences—is is, is, is the a, best way I can I say this. I got a couple ideas. I mean. <laughs> There's a, there's a couple of different directions you could go. We could try to clue her in on some classic pro wrestling that she would not have any context in. Maybe maybe a, an ECW or FNW show from Japan in the 90s. We could just watch the last 10 minutes of the first episode of Game of Thrones where Jamie and Cersei Lannister just banging and throw a little kid out the tower now, and just make it as uncomfortable as possible. Now, uh, without ruling TV aside, yeah, uh, because my sister has watched all of Game of Thrones, okay. so we do have that. Could do... Okay. Um, my sister and I do not have the same real taste in movies. You know, she's she loves Star Wars, but we all do. Um, but growing up with me and my brother, a lot of the things that we all like, we really fucking ruined for her. Yeah. Um, and 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 the best and probably worst ways possible. So video games are definitely off the table. Um, and then probably and professional wrestling is is almost undoubtedly off the table. So that leaves us with some movies and potentially a music episode. No, I'm nixing, I'm nixing music right now. I guess I don't even like talking with just the four of us about music very much, <laughs> to be honest. Right? So you should just let your sister pick a, the movie and don't tell her what's going to happen to her when she sits down <laughs> on this microphone. <laughs> so, yeah, she, she's not... I don't think she's any really... Movie. Yeah, I don't think, any movie. I don't think she's listened to a lot of the episodes up to this point, so uh, she would definitely be in for a, uh, an experience that she was uh well she she will soon never forget well an experience that i will soon never forget was this movie that we reviewed on today's episode so to the new listeners and anyone just stumbling upon us we hear it nothing good uh we have a lot of uh, reverence for movies that maybe aren't uh good (laughs) that we still like watching them anyway and then there's some movies like bad boys 2 that i remember being good and you guys assured me it wasn't good then we watched it and it was somehow not good to me and worse than you guys had remembered <laughs> uh but here we are now and we're going to talk about one of the most infamous video game to movie adaptations to ever grace the silver screen and your nana's vhs player it's street fighter the movie starring jean-claude van damme 
And Rod Julia, and my first official question is, how does Van Damme keep fucking ending up on our show? And I don't know if I want it to stop. <laughs> I I, uh, I have a question even before your question. Hit that it. It kind of goes into your lead-in. It's like a prologue. It's a, Yeah, it is. It is. This is the first five minutes of Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. So, on our show, we talk about good movies that are great. We talk about bad movies that over time have proven to be good. Mm-hmm. We've talked about good movies that are bad, and then bad movies that are bad. How would you look at this movie, and where would you place it in that lexicon? I don't think it would fit in either four of those categories. Oh, and this is why, because, and I don't want to get a little TLDR here for the end of the episode, but this movie is terrible. Okay. <laughs> oh, it is. It, it is terrible, but I had a great time watching it. But I still wouldn't cross it into the oh bad movies that are good. Because I don't want the word good to come out of my mouth when talking about almost any part of this movie, except when we get to the part that I'm going to talk about that is real good. Other than that, no. So I would say it is, it stands alone. It's like this weird, it's, I I don't know how to, it's like that scene right in The Fly when Jeff Goldblum falls down and he's like, half fly half man and he puts the shotgun right to his own head that entire this entire movie lives on that scene right before gina <laughs> davis pulls the fucking trigger is street fighter the movie and i'm here for the ride so it's quite gentlemen. a vision <laughs> yeah. so yeah. gentlemen when did we first uh come into contact with street fighter the movie did we did we hear about it when it came out did we not hear about it till years after what's uh what was your first well, i'm contact? sure like most of you guys i saw it in the theaters uh, mm-hmm. with my dad and I remember watching it and remembering just being genuinely disappointed with it uh, and uh, but I do remember and it's funny uh, I watched the the trailer to it before I watched the movie again but I remembered the trailer for even when I was a little kid how badass the trailer actually is and it gets you so fu- it does its job it does and it gets you fired up and the trailer is considerably better than the movie on every level yeah it's all the best parts it's yeah. And in a, movie, yeah, like, in a, in a yeah. movie like this, that's basically what you have. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I, th- I I think I saw it in the theater as a kid with my brothers, and I could be mistaken, but I think I liked it as a kid because kids are dumb and we don't know any better. Yep. Uh, and then as we got older, it got progressively worse, <laughs> and now it's just fucking the it's, worst. It is monstrous. Mac. You know, um, this was not a theatrical viewing for me. This was definitely a, a VHS. I think this was, uh, you know, back in the day there, dear dear listeners, we used to have this thing called slumber parties. And I know people still kind of have them, but... We call you know, them orgies as yeah. adults. Well, as adults. A whole different thing. No, but I mean like in terms of kids these days, uh, you know. That's, that's, um, that's still that's, the same. That is... Uh, <laughs> 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 Why do we keep doing things that's going to make the Vatican listen to us? <laughs> <laughs> You're officially on a list. <laughs> this podcast is on a list. Oh, very much so. We're, we're gonna start seeing like Vatican City uh, pop up on our list of downloads, and it's gonna skyrocket. It's, it's gonna be. And, and then oddly enough, Switzerland will be number three. I, I don't know why I'm hearing someone listening in an Italian accent. Listening in an Italian accent. Listening in what Italian does that accent. even sound? I, I can't even ask I, that I don't question. Know, don't ask me to explain it. We'll ruin the vibe. But so, Dave, you're talking about slumber <laughs> yeah. parties with little but like, kids. Like this, well, this was like, you know, I'd have, like we would go down to Instant Replay. We'd pick up a couple of movies <sighs> to watch. We'd probably get like a video game. And then, you know, stay up as late as you can, watch the movies, eat popcorn and candy and like bad shit until my dad would come downstairs at like three o'clock in the morning in full tidy whities and, and undershirt and yell at us to turn everything off and go to bed. Yep. Right. 
Um, I think I think undershirts and tidy whities were the official sleeping attire of most parents. Yeah. From like 1982 to 1996. Um, so I'm pretty sure we watched it that way because um, you know as as we've talked about in this podcast. I'm a Mortal Kombat guy. Yeah. Always have been. Even with the Street Fighter video game, like, eh, it's okay, but never really that enjoyable for me to, to kind of play that. I think also because, like, there's been so many versions of Street Fighter 2. Like, fucking come there, out were, with, there were. There like, were. Fucking there was out, enough. Like, come out with Street Fighter 3. Like, Mortal Kombat was on Mortal Kombat 4 before Mortal Kombat 1 came out. When they so, came out with Street Fighter 3, it was after Street Fighter the movie, and it was like, your heart was broken. Your heart was broken. And that, that's like it had just killed Street Fighter dead in the water for a lot of people. But you know, I a, I do remember like not knowing a lot about what a good movie was when I was like twelve or eleven or twelve, but knowing that wasn't it. Yeah, I can understand that. No, I uh, I saw it in the theater. Saw it in the theater because I saw every Jean Claude Van Damme movie in the theater. As you do. Uh, yeah, I think I saw every one until Universal Soldier: of The Return. Like literally, it's like, oh shit, Van Damme's in a movie. I guess I know what I'm doing on a Friday <laughs> or a Saturday afternoon. Um, but this movie, you know, and I'll, I'm, we're going to talk a little bit more about it at the end. But this movie isn't the worst video game movie that has ever existed. It isn't. Oh no, no, no definitely uh, isn't. No, no there's we, Mario. Mario is is up there. It's number one. It's pretty awful. It's number one. I can't wait to like, and I'm going to say this respectfully, but like use the Mario Brothers movie featuring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo and Dennis Hopper as as a penis that fucks your mind with how good the movie actually is. No, it's not. It's not good. It's terrible. It's a but terrible film. But I fucking film. love it anyway. <laughs> All right. We will... We when, when the new Super Mario Brother, when the animated movie comes out with Chris Pratt... Eventually. Yeah, mm-hmm. when that comes out, we're definitely going to have to do the live-action Super Mario Brothers no, we leading don't. into that. Oh, we, we have definitely do it. Oh, we have to do that. Oh, we have to. One of these days, I'm just going to spin the, the Noah's meat wheel and it's all the Super Mario Brothers movie. That's what I got to do to get it going on. Yeah. Although, the Super Mario Brothers movie is important because without that we wouldn't be talking about Street Fighter the movie no because this was Capcom's answer to Nintendo can I just say that's another reason to fucking hate that movie (laughs) (laughs) because it paved way for this bullshit thing no no I'm just saying that was what prompted it you you, you bring up a good point about Capcom's answer to to Super Mario Brothers because Capcom had a lot to say about the direction this movie went into they did they they, and were, they were okay with it. Someone walked out of that theater, and we're gonna get to the. I don't want to ruin our punchline for this thing, but somebody did some sort of uncontrolled white substance off a of secretary's ass. Watched the final cut of this movie and a, said, "It was a man's ass." It was a man's. Ass. It doesn't matter. Whatever supplies so, there is. I, I don't I don't know how much you guys know about the making of it. I feel Jeff knows what happened with this film. Yep. I know you okay, do because I, I intentionally stopped looking into this <laughs> no, shit. So, so, it's so you no, can tell is. me when it we're is. here. I went, yeah. I, Hey, I went deep down the rabbit hole. That was pretty deep. One. I don't want you to answer your own fucking question without knowing, knowing you answered it. Was it cocaine? No. Oh, oh cocaine. It wait, wait, wait. Cocaine has a lot to do with this movie. It has a lot to do with this movie. See, they, they, they greenlit the movie, right? But they only gave him, what, about a year to make it. Capcom demanded that it be out by Christmas yeah, it was 1994. A hol- it was a holiday movie. It had to be out that weekend, no matter what. And you and I so both they were know. Already, uh, movies aren't made crunch. like that. Yeah. Nope. It's like a $35 million budget. 
You yeah. can't fucking tell. Fully, fully <laughs> financed by Capcom. Most of that money went into Jean-Claude Van Damme's cocaine. Yes. Right into his yeah. nose more right specifically. Into it. Yeah. $8 million to be exact yeah. of that went to yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Who Capcom demanded that had to be Guile. And then everyone else, they're like... As long as they look like the video game character, we'll cast them. Which they <laughs> failed in that. Correct. Well, one person. Chun-Li does... Ch- uh, no, the no, first of all, that's racist. He is no, that's not... He that's not. Say I wasn't going to say Cammy. Even actually, that does work. So two people. Cammy, because that's what my dreams look like. And two, I thought West Studi looked like a great cigar. Not as tall, but like the look. Man, I... That's first yeah. of all before okay. you before you put yeah. any stank on that fucking shit talk. That's Academy <laughs> Award winner West Studio. I don't give okay? a flying shit. That's a, that is Academy Award winner. Look, I got West. We're, we're jumping way ahead. Last, last of the that. last of the Mohicans made that career, and then you know uh, Street Fighter ended Look, it. Listen, Sagat is a bad Fuck motherfucker. He's, He's a in, bad oh, he man. He is a bad man. And you know what? He wasn't in this movie. A bad man. Oh no, no, no one lying to you. I just said he looked like Sagat. Oh, <laughs> so before we even get to the filming part. There was more drama before that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Steven Souza, who was the writer and director of this film, mm-hmm. wrote a few films you may have heard of. 48 Hours, Die Hard. Uh, big action flicks yes. big. at the time. Uh, they wanted him to do it, and he said, the only way I'll write it is if I could direct it. He's never directed before mm. until this point. <laughs> they also <laughs> said, uh, by the way, we have a meeting with Capcom tomorrow and we need to have a pitch if it gets approved you're in so he stayed up all night wrote a pitch for what is now street fighter the movie and the rest is history as they say everything about this is snake so 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 the writer of 48 hours and die hard did a bunch of cocaine and beverly hills cop 3 and and judge dread and 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 tomb raider commando i buy and commando (laughs) commando i buy and then within 24 hours of getting the okay had Pitched it to Capcom and gotten the, the idea that he was going to write and direct this movie. Yes. Okay, checks out. Checks out. Fascinating. But you know, did you on say paper, Judge the Dredd? pitch sounds good. Yes. I did bet you it sounded amazing. Oh, on yeah. paper. I did not on the yeah. Everything else, not so good. No. But, and we'll get to it. We'll get to it here in a little bit. So The other thing, too, during production, you know, typically when you're shooting a film, you do all the close-ups up front because there's a lot of big action sequence that take a lot of time to choreograph. Uh... They had to flip the schedule because of Raul Julia's cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they couldn't do anything close up. So there's, let's do all these fight scenes. No practice, yeah, no real choreography. That, that was the big. It all felt stupidly rushed. Uh, they, I think in the first month, they were already 15 days behind schedule. <sighs> It's impressive. That was yeah. that, it was that, just a shit show. That was that was one of the things when I was kind of studying about this and kind of doing my research when I I found out that you know Raul Julia this was his last movie mm. right and um, the bright spot of the movie besides uh, Giles hair um, which we'll get into mm-hmm. which doesn't look like Giles hair at all no, no he's a ginger. No, it doesn't. they made him into a yeah, redhead they made him a ginger because yeah. that makes perfect sense I if you've ever seen the ha- the rare ha- Noah pumped the brace on sand ginger I went made him a ginger. I mean, right hand Dave's like, I'll bulls, I'll bulls just throw that listen. fucking thing. He's a ginger. How dare he pussyfoot around? I, listen, I'm I'm practically married to one. They they go by it, you know. Um, but the um, the fact that you are going to do what you were, your your shooting schedule and everything is set, and then oh man, our 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 villain has to have stomach uh, surgery because he's got stomach cancer. So now we can't do that shit. Okay, well, let's just go ahead and do the fight scenes. Oh, wait. We haven't actually 
choreographed or rehearsed or done anything for the fight scenes. So we're literally going to just kind of fucking just shoot from the hip on this, right? Um, there's no way this can possibly go wrong. Which gives <laughs> us a Street Fighter movie where there's practically no street fighting at all. Nope. <clears throat> no. <laughs> there's no street fight. There's an like, alley fight, maybe. They're, like, the best. only street fighting that happens is basically the cage fight right at the beginning of the movie with Vega. But there's not, they don't ever actually fight. No! There's no Which fighting. pisses me off because I will probably remember this, but later in the movie, Ryu looks and was like, it's time for the rematch. You motherfuckers have been fighting in first fights! You had interrupted no. by, by Jean-Claude Van Damme in a fucking Humvee. Yeah. That was that, that was your fight? Fucking... <laughs> that's his picture still. Going, ding, ding. 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 I mean... <laughs> Oh God! What a what a great fucking shit show, mm. and and it that completely comes out on 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 film. So, did it, Dave? Come out on film? It did. Mm. It, the shit show came out on. I mean, film. literally, it came out. You, it did, and it was on film. On yeah. film. I don't know what more you want from you this fucking man. Came out <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, if, if you may, I have a question to ask you. Between one of you two geniuses, you'll have the answer to this. So it cost thirty-five million dollars to make fucking this fucking heard us. movie. Yeah. Correct. All right. How much did it make? That's uh, a really good question. One hundred and sixty-five million. Oh, so it made money. It was it an made. international fucking hit. It made a lot of cash, which says a lot about international waters. You could do a lot of stuff in those waters. <laughs> yeah, a lot of cocaine. A lot of cocaine. Um, I want. I really want to talk about the cast because. Oh yes. Um, Wait, are we planning to, to bullet point through this fucking shit show? Um, no. I mean, no. Then yes let's talk no. about the cast yeah. in great detail. Like, I, I wanna, I wanted to say that, unlike Mac here, I was a big Street Fighter fan. Um, same, yeah. Uh, and, you know, the first real fighting game I think I had before Mortal Kombat was Street Fighter Special Edition, uh, Sega Genesis, and that was my fucking jam. Uh, so I had a really warm, bright fantastic spot in my heart for what could have been this film and to watch them butcher every character effectively mm. the only character that i think was remotely close to being like authentic was vega that was it yeah because yeah. he looked the part he was he was good shape great shape long hair he's handsome guy it made sense every other fuck ken Ryu Ken. <laughs> Ken Ryu are the worst. Most of not the my worst. notes are about Ken. They're not the worst. Motherfucker. <laughs> Listen, worse. Ken is cocky. He is handsome. He's he's jacked for fucking... But this motherfucker's bloated. Looks hungover all the time. He looks right? like Johnny Cage. He looks Cage. haggard. He doesn't look like he Ken. Look, he looks like Johnny Cage if Johnny Cage's dad owned a car dealership and he just coasted all of his life. <laughs> That's how this Ken. They made I, just enough money to not have to worry about money in that car dealership. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's just yeah. loaded on lots of cocaine right. at a second rate strip club. They, right? they they afforded a housekeeper at least once a week, so they didn't even have to worry about cleaning. Like the kind of yeah. blow in your money, like they're there on a Tuesday night at the strip club. You know what I mean? Like that's and he's not there for the wings and bingo. Did they get the buffet? I think uh, cocaine buffet would be the short answer. Oh no, I fucking hate Ken. I wrote this down four times in here. I fucking hate Ken. It was like, such so poor much casting. I just like, like everything about the character. Like regardless of the cat, the casting, the character, the actor. I don't even know what the actor does. Like I don't know his name. I didn't bother to learn his name. No, I have no clue. Either. No, because fuck that guy. Right, and like everything about him. Like he, like everyone else, at least 
acted like they tried to be in this movie, except the motherfucker who played Ken, who knew how bad this movie was going to be, but he's too busy trying to remember he's got to find someone to cover his shift at his dad's dealership <laughs> to fucking get it to, so he could do Street Fighter in Thailand. Uh, Damien Chapa. What else has he done? He is in that movie... Uh, so he's a he's a Spanish American actor, Mexican American actor, I believe, and he's in that movie that I, I saw a bunch of times back in when there was Stand by Me, not Stand by Me, Lean on Me with mm. Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. and there was whatever the one that was very much like that movie with Lou Diamond Phillips, like that era of I know he was a disenfranchised youth in one of those two movies, and then there was some movie like To Live and Die in L.A. where he plays the whitest looking Mexican gangster in a gang of Mexicans. To where I swear to God, I just thought it was a white guy doing like something terribly racist. But it, but he's actually a Mexican American actor. He just got like the like you know like how Charlie Sheen is technically a Mexican American yeah. actor, but you really wouldn't know. Like but he tried to lean into the Mexican part of Mexican American. I see. And, and you know that's why he also could get cast as Ken. Well, yeah, he did a shitty the, job. Yeah. The only movie that I can really kind of look through his uh, his resume that I can actually think that we probably would know of, uh, his first film was Under Siege. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, he plays Tackman. I don't even know, remember He didn't jump is. out of the cake. That's the only people mm-hmm. people remember. Right. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones just being Two-Face in a movie before Two-Face was a thing. We'll get there. We'll get to Under Siege one day. God damn it, we gotta do Steven Seagal. We're doing all kind of Van Damme. We, we gotta do the shittier Van here. Damme yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, this is, it don't get much worse than this. It you really say that. I you do, say and that. I mean it, too. But we have a long... We have, like, 30 years of doing this show left, dude. <laughs> We're gonna find it. There's a lot of JVD. There's I a lot of JCVD. I just can't imagine he's done anything worse than this. There's some bad stuff out well, there. so... Now... All right. That he's done things worse than this. Yes. Is it bad because of how bad he was in this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that, uh, that, that's, there I mean, it that is. Easy. <laughs> All, right. Sure. All right. Good so, talk, thank you very much for joining us here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this has been uh, Mac and uh, Mr. Brown and Miss Doc. On a and sidebar, have you seen the movie Kickboxer with Van Damme? Like, Kickboxer? Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Who has All right. It? Okay, so Kickboxer is essentially just blood sport. Yeah. With with instead of the it fucking being broken glass, the, goddammit. The ogre from back, from Revenge of the Nerds is now a brother that's in a wheelchair and broken glass, right? But I wanna know, look, we should say we're gonna cover Kickboxer and just go back and re release the the episode of Bloodsport. <laughs> and then just like the Simpsons, every time we get to the title, on today it's Kickboxer. <laughs> oh, nothing good. And we'll just do that and see if anyone fucking notices. Um I, 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 I'm not going to go through every single character, but there are some that stood out to me as being piss poor. Ken being number fucking one. Number one with a bullet. T-Hawk with a solid number two. Yeah. Listen, I, T-Hawk's a big... Listen, I, I know the character, the actor was tall, but T-Hawk's a fucking... Tr- he's a Mack truck. Yeah. He's a big dude. And this dude? I don't know. It works at a gas station. I'm not sure. He, I, he's not that guy. I disagree with you on the worst character in this movie. Oh, no, because that was uh, Dulcine. Uh, no. It was Blanca. Uh, that's, a whole, a whole, that's a whole other category. That's not Blanca is the worst. <laughs> it's it's shit. It's written <laughs> it's down. My it's, it's, it's written it's down. Worst. It's been chiseled on the paper. Charlie. Like, I'm. I'm uh, I don't even know where to start with that character. For, hold on, hold on. Whose idea was this to cover this fucking movie? Was it know. you, Noah? Uh, I, I believe. <laughs> I had a fucking moment. Inside, wait, inside baseball is that we were trying. So if you're listening to this show, 
before or directly after our appearance at the Pittsburgh Gaming Expo this Saturday, October 1st, 6 to 7, 6 to 7, uh, Monroeville, Pennsylvania, then you realize that based on what we have planned, that the episode you would have heard after recently hearing our shitty podcast live would have been Steel Magnolias. So we called an audible and decided what would be something that a bunch of people who go to a place for video games might want to hear four people fucking brutalize. And so, yes, it was me. Okay. I answered okay. Street Fighter in the movie. My Okay, so what I wanted to say, and I think this will really encapsulate how I... Because we usually go, well, what did you think of this film at the end? I'm going to tell you right now in the fucking beginning. <laughs> all right? Because Just get it out of the way. I don't God, know. Rip the band-aid off. I don't know if I, I, I... And I started to write it down, but I was so irritated that I didn't write it down. Because it was just burned in my fucking brain at this point. About 20 minutes in, I just had a, like a moment where I'm like, I don't know if I've ever reviewed a fucking film where there's so many bad things happening at fucking once. <laughs> the I same can't time. fucking keep up with any of it. And it was pissing me off. I had to pause it a couple times and go, what the fuck is this shit? My wife, my poor wife's watching this shit with me. And she's just like looking at me, finding <laughs> things to fucking do. She's <laughs> never done that with any of the movies that we've watched. She's like, I'm going to go feed the fish. And, I'll and, be and back. A, and gonna... a fucking uh, spoiler alert for the, the R's fucking ratings scale here fucking zero out of five she's like this movie was all over the fucking place i'm like i know i'm sorry it was so bad she went and got a jump start on next year's taxes fuck i just i was like frustrated in ways i couldn't fucking understand and i feel like our podcast in this episode is kind of going in that direction like this movie's so bad in so many ways we can't even find a good place to start talking I, about I have how so bad much this written is down about how bad it is well let's let's first let's take a second it's not because because the bad is what you're here for. If you're listening to this, you're not here for us to fall in love with this fucking movie. Can we all agree on this? Yes. We're oh, yeah. here yes. for the yes. bad. Oh, so sure. let's take a second. Yeah, that's and why we don't review good movies. That's why, right? That's why That's why I was pissed off with the Beverly Hills Cop. Because I'm like, Chuck, it's a good fucking movie. What are we doing we, talking about it? We have to it? cover good movies. But we enjoyed No, we don't it. have we to. We do, But though, we allow you to. Because they're fun to... I feel like I all the movies you've picked, they've all been good, which pisses for, me off. For, for a very specific reason. <laughs> Yeah. I appreciate that. You gotta mix up the good with the bad. So, let's take a second. We've now heaped a bunch of shit onto this movie. Let's make that the bun. Now, let's do some meat. Let's do maybe some meat <laughs> and some bun. cheddar. Do you have a wheel? Yeah. Uh, I, I, there, there are wheels. There are wheels all over this place, but we let's talk about one of the few things what that we like. What does that mean? I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my brain was on the You know what's great is that Jones and I both glossed over that and Jeff was like, fuck, no. <laughs> like, no. What, what does that even We're mean? We're not letting that one pass. And you know what? Fine. Don't let it pass. <laughs> All right. But you know what we should let pass? <laughs> this goddamn movie. The things uh, we actually enjoyed about this movie. And uh, that's not the list I have. I liked the game. And up to the point of the movie, as Jones mentioned, I was a, a big Street Fighter fan. We had three or four Street Fighters before this came out. Street Fighter 2 Turbo came out the same year as yep. this movie. It was awesome. Uh, which was great. So I, they're, you know, they're looking at that, and they're like, okay, well, we have all these characters, so how do we put all of our money in Raul Julia and Jean-Claude Van Damme and then pigeonhole the rest of it together, piece it together, find characters that kind of maybe look like them but have zero <laughs> acting talent uh zero fighting talent and let's give them all shitty backstories that make zero have, sense have have you guys so jeff i know that you you like to kind of do your research on this did you research how kylie minogue got cast in this movie because she's mm. australian and mm. cammy's australian mm. that's why mm. there's no know, other reason do you know how she got cast in this movie 
I sometimes at night I close my eyes and I think about <laughs> she, it. She was the last one to get cast. Yeah. Steven Souza was on an airplane and she was on the fucking magazine. And he goes, her. She looks and like she was Cammy. in the movie. Yeah. That was it. If only were that easy, Noah. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like I feel like I could have. If I had known that all I had to do was see a picture of Kylie Minogue and then tell her to be in a, a certain type of movie that I want to make in my basement, and that was it. That was the deal breaker. We what? What the fuck have I been doing with my life all this time? Because let me tell you what I'd like to be doing about my with my life. We talk, dear sweet singular succulent Peruvian listeners. It's been a little while since we talked about sexual awakenings and, and ourselves, but woo-hoo. Kylie Minogue, nineteen ninety-four, nine, ten-year-old Noah, seeing that, learning something about himself at that moment in time that I find the Australian accent both disgusting and sexy as hell, and that I don't know, I did not know who Kylie Minogue was. Nor did I really care until that moment, but I would have died to be reincarnated as a pair of those short shorts throughout that entire fucking movie. I've never wanted to be, like, I don't even know, like, whatever the clip you call on a pair of suspenders, that would work for me in that moment in time. Nine-year-old, ten-year-old Noah. Uh, To the point where I had to keep reminding myself that she's only in this movie for, like, she says nothing. Most of them very little, yeah. And she's in the background of almost every single one of Jean-Claude Van Damme's shots for good reason, as we would come to find out later <laughs> on in that movie. I really right? want to talk about this. Yeah, we certainly will. Uh, but then again, too, there just wasn't enough Kylie Minogue in this movie. And I still think she looked good as for the role. She looked good, but she looked good as Cammy. She did. She did. And I think there's certain people that like like T Hawk, terrible casting. I think the, I mean I'm just gonna call it spade a spade. You could have found a more Asian Asian man to be Ryu. Could have. Yeah, you know, he came up like Hawaiian Asian. He not, did. You know what I mean? And that, but that, but also that keeps in line with early 90s Asians in a bunch of movies where they weren't allowed to be super Asian. They had to be like kind of white guy Asian. So, you know what? It's a t-shirt. What the fuck is that? No, kind of what's your one-line review of Street Fighter the movie? White guy Asian. Okay. Well, that's that's what it is. But there are some other ones in the movie. I thought, uh, uh, speaking of Hawaiian, the guy they casted as Honda, Honda. Yeah, looked great. Mm-hmm. Always hilarious in everything uh, he's he, in. Honestly, out of everybody, he looked the most like the part. Uh, and his counterpart, Balrog, uh, his haircut <clears throat> was aesthetically offensive. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> he's processing that right it now. It fucking was. You see that shit? No, it was so bad. I don't know how someone walked, watched him walk onto set and what he was wearing and how he was dressed and said, good put him on camera because why is he he's in a fight to the death to save the world from the terrible powers of M. Bison and he puts protective boxing glove on which true fact if anyone's ever had boxing gloves on they're meant to protect the person you're hitting not, not you and sitting there with like a crop top and like oh, oh one of the worst hair pieces I've ever is seen in a movie he got the, get the short end of the stick on this one he did um, I, I feel real bad that I've got several notes about bad haircuts of people in this movie, and Balrog's not one of them. I don't know how you did. I don't know. I've, I don't know how <laughs> I missed shit, it. Like I'm watching, going, "This is some bullshit." There, there Look was at this a, guy. there was a lot of Ming Na Wen's entourage in this movie that I just pretty passively ignored. 
They didn't um, add very much. They didn't. No. Most they of the most of the zero. cast added nothing to this. Um, you know, when when you have to introduce twenty six characters in the first seven <laughs> minutes of this movie, you just <laughs> rapid fire. <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. It's like, all right, roll calls. Everybody here. Chun Li, you here? Present. All right, we're good. Roll they're like, it. They're like, well, we all this have is, regular jobs now, but we all hate M. Bison. So yeah. This is yeah. back with in the 90s when computer screens being used in movies and the, having the computer screen be full color was still such a new fucking thing, right? That they're like, how do we get the exposition for 22 of the 26 characters? Fucking picture, computer screen on like a, on like a fucking projection yes. TV. Yeah. And that's that, that, and that, for a lot of the movies in that era, that was fucking acceptable exposition. You know? So... Speaking of which, the ba- the last besides what we already uh, touched on, Academy Award winner Westody, uh, and his role, uh, his turn character drive driven performances. So got, um, I want to talk about what I consider the big three of actors in this movie. Let's go first with the actress who, despite being in some terrible things, is never bad, and will not age. She's like a fucking Highlander. And that's Ming-Na Wen. Uh, right? Yes. Fennec Shand. Yes. The pride of Mount Lebanon. She's from Mount Lebanon. She is from Mount Lebanon. Well, uh, you you just invent motherfuckers to be from Mount Lebanon. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, you know, uh, 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 Emperor uh, Claudius I, he was from Mount Lebanon too. did become a fucking I Muppet? That's where I, I slipped into my Ray Romano. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, Ray Romano. Oh, oh. Mount Come Lebanon. Is, oh, oh, you were accusing Dave of doing that as the most Mount Lebanon thing a Mount Lebanon I could do. You could. Seriously, swear to God, it has to be. I'm not from Mount Lebanon. No, but I'm saying that's like oh, that's yeah. the most Mount Lebanon thing a person from Mount Lebanon would ever fucking do. Is say the, that person who's yes. famous is the from Mount Lebanon. Not from Mount Lebanon. I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck we're talking <laughs> no, about. Don't. It's like, oh, NASA's DART. Did you know the yeah. DART uh, satellite was from Mount Lebanon? <laughs> yeah, went right down the street. Oh no. Yeah. But no, but she's aged fucking amazingly. I, how? It's incredible. Her, her the fam- blood of the, oh, the innocent. Yeah. Her family owns the Chinatown Inn downtown. I assure you, dear <laughs> listeners, that are not from Western Pennsylvania. No one's shit. <laughs> that was that was not Dave being racist. That's an no, actual true that's fact. An actual fact. I had to pause for a second. I was like, "Wait, is that real is that or is that out? a racist joke?" <laughs> Who does that check yeah, out? it's down by the it's down by uh, the PNC Bank, uh, like the First Street Center. I like how we're really middle. committing to this. I am committing to this because <laughs> I'm here. Is like, hey, has claimed me not racist. Please do not call me racist. And I was like, "The fuck, dude!" I'm like, "No, she really is." So now I feel like I have to defend my position on, on this. On the scale of shit that you have taken us off on a dark turn of that had nothing to do <laughs> with the movie, no, this, is this is pretty close to the movie. This yes. is appropriate. Yeah. I no was just questioning for some you. Strange reason, <laughs> some strange reason, it's like, we're taking now to claim Mink Not When for Southwestern Pennsylvania. <laughs> we haven't talked about The Mandalorian, so when do I have an opportunity well, to do so? You're not talking about that, you're talking about fucking Mount Lebanon. Well, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so Mink Not When, excellent. She did a great job in the She did, She's, she, she, and you get to like, oh, she wanted whatever cocaine money they were, whatever money they weren't using on cocaine to pay her. She wanted cocaine in this fucking episode. Oh, we're getting there. So, do you know? Do you know how much? Do you know what the cocaine budget was on this movie for Jean Claude Van Damme? Thirty million dollars. Damn. Because five million had to actually go to the film. That's that's true. I saw the props. <laughs> shit was not expensive. It, it was it was white bags of powder. That was not a prop. That was actually cocaine. Using a prop up his performance. Ten thousand dollars a week. Jean Claude Van Damme was going through a cocaine, and they were in fucking Thailand. 
Oh, that is like some straight to the source <laughs> <laughs> fucking cocaine you right seen there. That's like... Have you ever seen American Gangster? Yeah, 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 that's yeah, pretty much that's, instead that's of like hopping on the plane through Vietnam back God. in the United States, they were just transporting that to his trailer. I just wish just I could do a Denzel Washington impression yeah. so I could describe him and his Frank Miller in that movie selling cocaine to Jean Claude Van Damme on the set of this movie. But that's like that's like eating a steak after it's just freshly been sliced off the cow. Like no one even bothered to cook it. They're like, like here, chew on this. That's what doing cocaine in Thailand that you bought while you're in Thailand is. Damn. Look at how fucking strung out Jean Claude Van Damme is in like the first ten minutes of this movie. Like he, he like he's sweating the whole yeah, time. He looks constipated the it's entire so, film. So yeah. it's so bad. And then in the final fight when he's uh when you know that, that iconic shot of them on the bridge, iconic, he says with a jerk <laughs> I'm saying this with a jerk off motion. And the and the baby faces are behind Van Damme and the heels are behind Rod Julia, and Rod Julia looks like he's just literally clinging on to life at this point. And Van Damme looks like he literally just got done doing a bunch of cocaine. They're like, Are you okay, sir? He's like, Yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Go, I got it. And like, it's like you could a whole movie. You're cocaine crazy, and now you're at this moment before the big final fight, and you're just like, fuck it, I don't know. The the cocaine was so bad in this movie for, for Jean Claude Van Damme that the studio hired a wrangler for Jean Claude Van Damme, who just started just fucking doing cocaine with him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone's paying for it. It's not you. That's true. It's free. It's free cocaine from Thailand. That's like, man, imagine that being the first cocaine you ever yeah. do. That's like, ah. Mr. Van Damme, uh, you're, you're wanted on set. Come over here. Come here. Come here. How they put Come that here. in the budget for tax credits. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I never looked in the credits to see if, like, his Wrangler was, like, listening there, like Jean-Claude Van Damme's cocaine assistant. Wrangler. But that dude was definitely high the entire time. They're like, he'd often show up to set late. He would show up... Um, He'd call in sick. He would leave early. He wouldn't show up at all. You know. <laughs> and meanwhile, like, all right, so hire a guy to go do fucking, like, like make sure he's not doing cocaine. And then they open up the trailer door, and he's fucking right there next to him, just doing lines. <laughs> doing fat lines. Just a mountain dude, of cocaine having, in their trailer. So pure. Having your first instance of doing cocaine be doing cocaine from Thailand in Thailand is like the first with time with Jean-Claude Van Damme. With Jean-Claude Van Damme. Van Damme. It's like yeah. the first There's time. There's no coming back. It's that. the first time you ever had sex. You had sex with Jessica Rabbit in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know? In Toontown. Which I always, complete complete sidebar, I've oh. always pictured that the sensation of having sex with Jessica Rabbit would be a lot like getting your dick wet and trying to shove it into a water wing. You know what I mean? An already inflated one. So is that no why one Roger, can see? Is that why Roger Rabbit go? <laughs> so no one, no one, but the, the three of us can see the beauty of what just happened because Noah says what he's. You heard what he said. And he's leaning towards Dave as if Dave's gonna go. Yeah, I know, man. I thought the same goddamn thing. And we're just looking at him like, all right. I'm glad you thought of that. Uh, you gotta, you gotta describe the sensation, man. You gotta make it. You know, you gotta live it. To know if it's right for you. How you. Let me ask you this. You jump out of an airplane, right? Picture jumping out of an airplane. Uh-huh. You, the, the jump, the, the wind, the weightlessness. Dave, you have jumped out of an airplane. I don't right? have to picture recently. it. Recently. Yeah, yeah, just recently. Very recently. Yeah, last so month. picturing it, and then you can imagine how it is, and you're like, oh, that would work for me, or that sensation wouldn't work for me. Then picturing having sex with this <laughs> And it's like putting your dick in an already wet water wing, and you're like, okay, maybe that's for me. Or you know what? I'm okay. How did it get wet? Uh, it's it's Bangkok. Yeah, anything happens. 
Anything, you don't you don't question what happens in Two Town. Okay, just check. Uh, you know who didn't question anything? Bob Haskins. The person who like Wait monitored the fucking script. Yeah, one second. Why would you go into Jessica Rabbit dry? Like dry as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you gonna grab that for me? Why wouldn't it be wet, Jeff? Jeff, do we need to talk about biology? Why I'm, wouldn't it be wet? No, I'm asking why the water wing is wet. <laughs> well, because you gotta, <laughs> you gotta simulate the real thing. <laughs> Hypothetically. So that brings us to our second Jokes part of the on movie. You, it doesn't work. <laughs> it deflates immediately. Oh, uh, you know, I didn't really get an opportunity. I mean, we kind of we're all over the fucking place right it's, now. This movie's all I over apologize. the place. This, yeah, we, we really are just falling apart part of the movie. movie. So you kind of you mentioned like bright spots, but you only mentioned like one fucking person. But out of three, <laughs> but <laughs> for me, there was only one. It was Raul Julia. Oh, yeah. He was That's the singular. Facts. He, yep. This motherfucker was. I don't know if he was method acting or what the fuck he was doing, but he committed. And I know. I mean, obviously, you know why he committed to it, but it was such a, a performance. And when I was a kid, like, ah, it was cool, yeah, but now as an adult, I just appreciate the level. Oh, yeah. Of he went energy. to a place. He went to a place in this This fucker movie. was dying. And he was, like, putting his all into this fucking yeah. role. Like, the fact that, you know, he did this for his kids and. The amount of energy he put forth in it, knowing that this is probably going to be the last fucking time he does anything like this for a shitty script that for uh, uh, a non-proven director. <laughs> well, he got paid money though. Yeah, so Raul Julia, he had no idea what was going on in terms of Street Fighter. He didn't really know anything about it. He just knew that his kids fucking loved all the Street Fighter games. So he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for them. He knew he had a terminal diagnosis. The cast and crew did not know he had a terminal diagnosis at that point. Oh. This fucker shows up to film right after having his surgery. Yeah. surgery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why he looked so fucking frail at the end of the film. So skinny. Yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, there's an interview he's talking about, like you know, he was his kids are doing whatever, and he mentions the Street Fighter movie, and his their eyes just light up, and he's just like, "All right." There you know? it is. Like That's... to me, not you know, you don't get choked up about this, but like it's kind of fucking cool that you love your kids so much that this is the last thing you're really gonna give them. Imagine how cool that is that your dad's in like your favorite video game movie. Mm-hmm. Even if the movie's fucking terrible, I guarantee you they fucking cherish that shit. Oh no yeah. doubt. No you know? doubt. So like and, and the the amount of effort he puts into the role is just the best part of the whole film. And yeah. I sorry. I was gonna say the unfortunate thing is he never got to see it. What? That's fucking sad. That is no, that is really he passed away in October. Yeah. Came out in December. That's really sad. I think the interesting thing though too, and you could really knowing who who wrote and directed this movie, and regardless of how shitty their direction proved to be in the film. Uh, Die Hard alone would tell you this guy knows how to write villains and knows how to write a villain dialogue so the fact that the strongest character though some of the shit he says is cliche throughout this entire movie to the one whose motivations you really know other than I'm going to kick his ass is Bison yeah and Bison and he gives Raw Julia the lion's share of acting to do and if there's acting to do in this movie Raw Julia got to do it and then supporting Ming-Na Wen a yeah. little bit right there as well in that one infamous scene yeah the best lines in the whole movie yeah for the sure the absolute best lines yeah well, so I will say that he does have the best lines in the whole movie, but I don't know that we don't know that John Clan Van Damme didn't have great lines in the movie. I have no idea he what this was. De- he couldn't he, deliver he them. Couldn't, no, he was he, doing yeah. great lines. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was. 
Um, That's why his entire dialogue was shitty one-liners. Yes. His entire dialogue wasn't even shitty one-liner. I mean, you actually watch how they, like, edited his fucking dialogue into the movie. It's almost like they just were trying to get anything that he was saying that could have possibly worked. Into because it. I don't even think he knew what his fucking lines There's were. There's no way. There's because no way he did. Out, outside of his trailer, he knew exactly what his lines were in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew he those did. lines front to back. Yeah. And then sometimes right back to front again. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, and I think that goes to the third part I wanted to talk about the movie, uh, actor-wise, is Van Damme, and the idea that this really had to be a turning point for Van Damme. Not, obviously it made money, so it's not like audiences didn't go out and see the movie, but we're talking about pre-Street Fighter, we're talking about Hard Target, kick, uh, Kickboxer, Bloodsport, Double Impact, Universal Soldier, like, these are big budget movies that are going Elegiate Air, like, and made a lot of money, and, well, not big budget movies, but big return money yeah. and, and now they started to invest more box office in Van Damme after this like more more budget and I don't think it panned out it actually started to go backwards because it starts with this and it goes into the double team movie with Rodman and then you get The Quest if anyone's ever seen The I've Quest I've seen The Quest so Sudden Death I mean Sudden Death's incredible Sudden yeah. Death was like the next one after this. he's like alright one more good movie Power Power's Booth makes anything better does. that's just does. absolutely there, there's a lot to be said about like where we are too at this stage because you know we're at the end of the atypical action hero movie, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, Shifted you, out you, you're shifting towards the part where non-traditional actors that you would think could be action heroes could be action heroes. So, you know, you still you, you still had Schwarzenegger, you still had Stallone, you yeah. still had Bruce Willis around and everything, and they were still putting out good good action movies, but the next wave of people that were supposed to try to like backfill like who's the next action hero right you john claude van damme the, the dude is a world-class kickboxing martial artist yeah um you can't fake that shit on film so let's let's keep trying to push this except he was so much against himself yeah. into being able to be that next action hero that we started to then shift out of the genre you know your your action stars you know, you start seeing Will Smith coming up as an action hero and yeah. um, not even thinking of, like, anybody else who could possibly be at that point in time. I mean, accidentally, but, Statham came out of it, yeah, right? But about, about six yeah. years later, eight years later. Yeah. Um, it's because he did the transporter, and against all odds, the transporter ended up being fucking good. Yeah. And it made yeah, a lot made, of fucking money. Of and they're like, oh, let's just, let's, make, let's just make him talk like these all the time. Hey, and there it is, career. He's he's in one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Snatch. And Snatch yep. doesn't throw a fucking kick No, in that's that the movie. thing. When we're like, yeah. oh, you want to watch the best Jason Statham movie when he is not Jason Statham? Yeah. Ah, oh, Snatch is so no, fucking it's good. It's so fucking good. Oh, so let's talk about the one last thing about this movie that's so fucking good before maybe the only thing about this movie that's so fucking good before we double down on the horseshit before we wrap this up and i'm going to talk about that scene the best scene in the entire movie which is not a high bar by the way and it's the scene when chun li is finally captured by bison yes. and raw julia starts to go from warlord bison to smoking jacket casual bison <laughs> and in the, mid in the middle of this outfit change ming na wen monologues in a movie that doesn't really have a monologue this is the one monologue in the movie uh explaining her motivation and why she hates bison and what terrible things he did to her family and changed the entire course of her life and then raw julia drops maybe the most heel shit that this movie yes. definitely had no yeah, fucking business the test of time it does it's like in this movie that is shit with a whole bunch of horse shit that doesn't make sense the souza or salsa 
right? Salza wrote one fucking line in this movie, and it, it's worth watching the movie just to get to. It's just it's a it's a steep decline after this line, and that is the day that Bison came to your village mm. was the most important day of your life. But for me, mm. it was Tuesday. It's Best. like ah, oh, even as a kid. That yeah. was my favorite. You're like, oh, that shit cuts deep. Mm. Does. And then does. the follow up where she's, you know, like, that's what I wanted you to think. It just fucking snaps and just kicks the shit yeah, out of him. Beats him. Beats him. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's, it's still cool. He had to run away and gas everybody. Yes. And then, of course, they had to do a very 60s Batman TV <laughs> series where <laughs> pounding <laughs> with colored gas. Like, here, let's cut the know. pink smoke. <laughs> that's what, that's what lets the crowd afford the to the get audience, stuff. though, it's really poison. They spent the rest on cocaine. Yeah. So can we talk or about... Or it was just cocaine they're throwing into the yeah, room. Just gonna <laughs> the pure stuff. Um, <laughs> the Van Damme supply. So, yes. That scene, the exposition scene, is still the best scene in the whole fucking film. Uh, which, you're right. Ain't saying a whole lot, but mm. it's still the best scene in the whole it film. It is hands away. Let's talk about the other 99.99% of this horse shit. Please. Uh, because we're talking about Ken and Ryu. I go back to this shit because they're like, they are the dynamic duo of the Street Fighter they are Street saga Fighter. They are, for yeah, yeah. years. For they the years. They still are, I'm sure, at this point. Yeah, Ken was always the guy that I played when I played the game. He was they always the are, guy that I was. They are best friends, but they are fucking competitors. They, 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 put, they, make, they bring the best out of each other. They're badass fighters, right? Mm-hmm. And only one real point in the film is there any friction. And that's like the best part of their interactions when they kind of have a hard time with each other. When and one wants like a to little go back and do the right thing yeah. and the other wants like, to get the money. Because that's yeah. Ryu. Ryu doesn't take the shortcut. No. Not to say Ken what, but Ken's like, if I can get it you know, a little faster, I'll get it a little faster. You know, Let's talk about Dalsim. The ruined opportunity that is Blanca. Uh, Listen, I had, I own the Street Fighter Blanca, the, the movie action figure. Came with the fucking chamber and everything. Are we talking I about own that the shit. ones that are the G.I. Joe's? Basically, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I had a couple of them, actually. I, I did as well. And I, I, it's funny, I forgot all about that until I saw the chamber. I was like, oh, fuck, I own that shit. My parents paid money for that. They it's did. unfortunate. They did. Um, but Blanca was my favorite character of all time. So imagine my fucking disgust as a child when they butchered the fucking character. Uh. It made no sense. Brutally. He, he's like, okay, um, his wife has been ruined. He's been turned into a mutant. All right, cool. But he gets to die now. What? Can we... Let him go off into the fucking wilderness or something. Run off Let there and actually maybe establish the character that's in the, the uh, of a wild man living in the jungle. Why do you have to kill the guy? Can we can we talk a little bit about that entire like transition into Blanca? Where they basically put him in the complete atypical like science lab. Yep. Right, and all they did was have like IV bags, orange and green, full of colorful liquid, orange and green, with letters on them that made no sense. DNA mutagens, and we were just all supposed to just accept that that was going to turn him into anabolic plasma. Yeah, (laughs) that's what they were called. Yeah, anabolic plasma. (laughs) What the fuck? That's what the Ultimate Warrior was on. Anabolic (laughs) plasma explains a lot. All starts to fucking connect the if dots. If Vince now. McMahon is listening to this, he's gonna rejoin his uh, his lawsuit from like the 1980s and 90s and talk about and a you know anabolic anabolic uh, plasma. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was it. Peddling anabolic plasma. Yeah, yeah. To wrestlers in their early graves, just to help them. I, I to add into your idea, it's the idea of the TVs that only showed war and destruction. Yeah. Uh, to parallel the idea, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a film critic. I noticed how that the character being turned from a, a good person a good little soldier into a helpless killing machine was the fact that they were exposed to all the violence in the media in the movie based on a video game that was used to try to explain the violence 
in the media <laughs> and I see what they're doing there. Yeah. I see what they're doing. It's they're, very meta. But, yeah, it's very meta. In there. Yeah. But you really couldn't turn him because ultimately he's a good guy. No, just the, the really terrible characterization of Dalheem just decided to put on butterflies. Imagine if, <laughs> if Blanca had been forced to watch Street Fighter the movie stretching that chair. Um, but I do want to say how, one one good thing. How great would that, that if we just went full space balls on that, and that the <laughs> whole thing that turned Blanca into a killing machine was watching earlier scenes from Street Fighter? That's incredible. Just yeah. Hi, General. That's, that's one terrible scene she was where she when they open up a circus tent and like a terrible cliche box of TNT, and she's on a closed caption video. I don't want to be the one to tell you how te- video technology worked in 1994, but she is in broadcasting to nobody with her two henchmen right behind her, the cameraman and the audio guy. I don't even fucking know. Then but, you got to change the channel. Like, the shit's not going to explode if you say that. No, no. Yeah. But that being said, it brings me to the point I wanted to say is that despite the fact that it wasn't casted very well, he makes his second appearance in our podcast. The guy who played Zangief, also known as the guy from Bloodsport, yep. also known as Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds, somehow has the funniest lines. He does. Cliche as they are in this movie, Zangief nails it. Could he be the Brutus Beefcake to Jean-Claude's Hulk Hogan? I'm you just blew my fucking mind. You just blew my fucking mind. Listen, man. <laughs> There's a possibility. And so does he? Uh, now I'm gonna look out for him. Other, he comes back as the Zodiac, and he's the Booty Man, and he's Brother Brutai. And then, well, at what point does he become? At what point does he become the disciple? Right, like yeah. that's where With I got a fucking stone cold. Oh star, like my a, god, like a I can't fucking wait, guys. Guys, I'm sorry to interrupt our podcast right now to let the dear sweet listener know that at the time you were listening to this, we are but barely over four weeks away from a Halloween havoc. We're gonna do a Halloween happen. It will be seven parts. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, well, guys, gentlemen, my 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 step in with a small correction, please. I'm I'm very sorry to say this. Zangief was not, and that's not the same guy from Bloodsport. That's not the same guy. That's not, not his. It is Bruce not the same. Thank it's not God. the same guy. He is. Um, if you have seen any given Sunday. Yeah, the fucking crazy linebacker. Oh, like the metalhead Nazi the guy. The metalhead Nazi guy. Ah, that's yeah. that's him. Yeah. So he's also in Necessary so, Roughness. Oh, he plays like one of the. Oh, you got half the cast of this movie is in Necessary yeah. Roughness. Yeah, but for yeah. but for the few moments of comedic break we get from Zangief, we also get. The awful shoehorn Godzilla scene. Oh man, I wrote oh, it on that. God. How did this cut us I I had that in my notes. I'm like, what the fuck? And of course, you have Asian people watching this. Yeah. I'm and like, then, what? Oh the fuck god, is this? Yeah. 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 I was they were watching the TVs and they're is... just pumping the Godzilla noises over the top of it. Like, I'm like, what, what the, the fuck? Hell? They, yeah, the thing is though, like, that shit shows up all over the place. It shows up here. It shows up in the Lost World Jurassic Park. Like, Steven fucking yeah. Spielberg did that bit in his movie. Doesn't make it any less racist. No. It, it's made, to me, more racist. No, I'm, I'm By not. the fact that there are no, that the two people fighting in it, neither of which are Asian. <laughs> and then they cut to shocked Asians. Yeah. And that's like, oh my God. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it that it was okay because Steven Spielberg put it in the Lost World Jurassic Park. Sure, I, think I meant that it's bad that, they, that, that that trope just keeps appearing over and over and over again. If you guys have ever seen like One Crazy Summer, it's mm. in that fucking thing too. And he's dressed up. Bobcat Goldthwait is dressed up as Godzilla in that whole thing. 
I understand what we're going for. Yeah. I just think that they're like, I got an idea what to do with this gag. And then they just shoehorned it into the movie. And otherwise, great comedic relief and great casting on, on Honda. The only other thing that I want to say, and, we, and I all, every time I, that he showed up in the movie, I had forgotten that he's in the movie. And then he leave, and then oh my god, that's right, DJ's in this movie. Yeah, one of the better parts of the yeah. whole fucking film because he's hilarious. With, he is hilarious. He's super dry and straight on this thing, but with the most unique mullet I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never seen the mullet in a man of color that has such a tight fade with so much height that goes into a British bulldog style dreadlocked mullet with the braids, but then still also gets wider. It was a fucking force of nature. It, it had to make up for Balrog. It did. Like, like they just chopped up half of Balrog's hairpiece and <laughs> stuck it to the back of DJ. But like the DJ Zangief thing was like was better than I ended up remembering it. Being. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, it didn't take itself so overly serious. He wasn't over the top. He he laid his lines in perfectly. He was a little bit of a weird comedic levity, but not at the same time. He was like the one guy who's like, "I'm just here for the fucking money." <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty dry, but it came across as fun. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. one of the few things I'll say is great about so, this film. So at least the villains had some shit to work with. Yeah. And speaking of villains, I want to give a shout out that the douchebag from the UN that shows up before uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme gives his speech is the villain from Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls. And I just had to. <laughs> that's the two movies that guy's been in. It's Ace Ventura 2 and Street Fighter, the movie. Dick Take every your pick. time. That's the which one he leads off with in conversation. Now, I, I, real quick, I want to pose this question until the. So, you know, you guys think about it towards the end. And I should have mentioned this earlier in the episode, but I was so blinded by rage uh, and disappointment. Um, I want you to think about as we approach the end of the episode, because we're getting close. We are. If one character, if you're a director, you can recast one character. Who would it be, and who would you recast them with? To be made in 1994, or to be made today? Doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't matter. Just think about it. We'll get to the end. Okay. I can answer right now, if you want. Well, goddamn, son. Uh, I would recast Ryu as a dude from fucking Bloodsport. Oh, uh, um, uh... Bolo? The, the, the main bad guy. Yeah. From Bloodsport. Yeah. Zao, I can't remember his last name. Yeah. Is that Bolo? Bolo yeah. Young? Yeah. Yeah. Bolo yeah. Young? Yeah. I mean, but he can't act. Doesn't matter. Okay. I just, just want to see him fight. Right, it just ripped so much arms. Nobody else can act. Nobody else can act in it. Anyway. Acting wasn't a standard gonna, in most of this If movie. we're going to throw like a good actor in a shitty movie, why bother? I mean, Raul Julia was a good actor I mean, he was. He was. He was. God damn it. Mac, do you have an answer for this? I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to think about it. Um, it would... So, it would be... It would be Blanca. Okay. Because... First off, I think if we're doing the movie today, Blanca is probably full mocap. Yeah. Right? So probably... We'll yeah, put technology's in, come a yeah, long Andy, way. So Andy Serkis is probably doing this shit. <laughs> probably. Uh, just, just go right to the source, right? Um, but that character had zero depth, no dimension to him. No. Um, Barely a character. Didn't fight at all. Like, this didn't do anything in that movie. So you could, you could really put anybody in that role and it would be better than what they did in that movie. <laughs> That's a good point. So you I don't have anybody yet. You don't have anybody yet. Just, um, just mocap all right. Oh just, no, just, 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 just go put, and put yeah. fuck Jonah Hill. Put Jonah Hill okay. in there. Who gives a shit? No uh, then I would have to say uh, I would take a controversial choice on this idea. I would recast Raw Julia. 
And I would, in the role of M. Bison here in 1994, to star opposite Jean-Claude Van Damme, I would put one Charlie Sheen as oh, the main shit. villain of this. Charlie and Sheen. then picture this just for this for the scene. We're on that iconic shot on the bridge where the baby faces are behind Guile and the heels are behind Bison, but instead of it's Rod Julia, it's Charlie Sheen. And there on the rails of this bridge. It's just one long line of cocaine going on each side. <laughs> and they fucking joust with cocaine. Snort lines until they cross each other. And they fight, and then they keep going past. And they top off, and, I st- and it's just a cocaine joust. We've never had a movie with a cocaine joust. I'm having a fucking vision right now. And Charlie Sheen and Jean-Claude Van Damme in 1994 could have given us that. So that's my answer. I, that's a, interestingly that's enough, I would also recast uh, M. Bison. Uh, and and I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, you know, you know, who fucking would kill this role because I didn't look at it as lines of cocaine. I was thinking about who would actually benefit the role uh. and bring it to another level today, even Jeff Morgan. Uh, who's Jeff I don't Morgan? Know who that is. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, that guy. Jeffrey oh, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeff Morgan. Like, oh, the oh, guy from he, uh, from Coco. He, he just <laughs> Mike Bay, Jeff Morgan. Just, what do you mean? His name's fucking Jeff Morgan. What the fuck? His name is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. <laughs> My name is Herbert Lawrence fucking Joseph Third. Yeah, but that's what, what he goes no by. No one fucking calls me Nobody that. knows what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you do now. I, I would have said uh, Tim Curry as, <laughs> as M. Bison. Yeah, his fucking name is Jeff. We looked at Jeff. Morgan. Like, the like, look that everybody know. was lost. Like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about now. Yeah, yeah. We now that you explained it. Jeff Morgan. Yeah, that, that could work. I, I, I like how you're amused that, like, I call people by their fucking government names here. I swear to God. Uh, I just, I wasn't prepared for to, to stare at you. You built this shit up. And then say, Jeff Morgan, and for... Everyone have no fucking idea you meant, but we really you meant Jeffrey Dean. It was incredible. I really you had meant to Jeffrey be Dean. Oh Fuck. my god, Jeff Morgan. I think Jeff he, Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man. God damn, son. I've never, uh, I've never uh, heard of called him that before. Uh, well, that's why I was confused. Uh, uh, They're not so goddamn special. They can't be called by the fucking names. Anyhow. <laughs> Jeff, well, uh, but I think he'd tear that why, role up. Why are you mad about it? I'm not mad about <laughs> like, it. You're... Well, because I, it's a, it's a, I think it's a pretty good casting call. That is, that I is, agree. God it can is. nail it. If I know what you're talking about. Oh, well, yeah. you fucking do know who I'm talking about. Yes, The, the Losers is a, uh, a completely underrated movie, and he fucking walks through that movie like it's butter. He's he's a good actor. He For plays sure. he is a good actor really well in, as Bison and do a different rendition altogether. And I think it would be a good opposite Jean-Claude because he's a bit more physically imposing than Raul. Yep. Just see him walk up with a baseball bat and barbed <laughs> yeah. wire. No, he's he's well, great well, just about well, everything yeah. he's in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, it would be really fun, no, actually. I just, he get- <laughs> <laughs> I just keep hearing Jeff Morgan. He can't focus you anymore. Part of my job in yeah. this show... And one of the things that I look forward to the most is finding ways to pop <laughs> Noah. If I could get him to just fucking break, even for uh, fucking five minutes, I've won. Oh, that was incredible. That was incredible. Without telling a single fucking joke. Uh, but yeah, Jeff Morgan, that's a good casting call. He just signed that on for uh, The Boys Season 4. That's what, what I heard, yeah. yeah. He seems, he's going to keep appearing and stuff. Uh, didn't he play uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's then at some point yes. or something? Yeah, and, um, he was supposed to be Batman in Flashpoint. No, really. He was. Oh, that's awesome. That'd have been interesting. Well, oh, that's actually really, that's a good fucking call. Because in the Snyderverse, 
he is Bruce Wayne, and the uh, Lauren Cohan plays Maggie in The Walking Dead, is Martha Wayne. So, mm. you know, I won't go down Flashpoint right now, but, you know, we know how that all works out. But yeah, that's, well, that's pretty fucking cool. In an alternate universe, once you'd hope that the Street Fighter, the movie, was, was would be good. <laughs> but but, in, not, and, but, but on Earth, and on Earth it was Earth six one six. So, <laughs> so you, you mentioned something before, Jones. Before you asked your question, you had said something about the the big speech that Guile gives. Yeah. Uh, right before the bureaucrat from like the UN, the the what no the A it was at the AN. Yeah. The, yeah, Allied Nations not or whatever. UN. It's not the UN, but the it's UA or UN. UNA. UA, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. I said the best acting job in the entire movie were those troops being inspired by Jean-Claude Van Damme's speech. You said it was Raul Julia's line about in your village, you know, but no, I think it was that acting job of the extras all the being extras like being jazzed by it. Being jazzed by it. I'm the going act- to get on my boat. Yeah. Go up river. Get so, on my boat. So I, I have to, I'd be really remiss if I didn't mention this and I, I, I wanted specifically to kind of get this in here. I know we're getting near the end here. That's but, all right. Um, the writing in this movie is fucking terrible. Awful. For 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 a guy who wrote some of the better action movies that we've kind of seen, mm-hmm. it's awful. So with so many bad one-liners here, gentlemen, I I came up with a little bit that I like to call my Jean Claude Van Dams of this fucking movie. Okay, it's clever. Um, I like you. it. Thank I do you. like yeah, it. Thank you. I do like thank it. you. Thank you. All the research went into that. Good. <laughs> That's our budget for the week. Yeah. <laughs> so. In the speedboat. Guile, how are you? I'm half dead. And Bison? He's all dead. That's <laughs> number six. All dead. Number five. Right at the end of the movie, when Bison gets put into the whole rack of TVs. Bison, you're off the air. So fucking bad. I number like four. <laughs> number four. That bastard Bison. I know you like to look at yourself on television, you sick son of a bitch. Look at this actual fucking verbatim lines uttered by Jean-Claude Van Damme. I need you to do this impersonating Van Damme because it's missing the punch. I I, I know, but I I, I didn't really... The worse it is, the better it is. So let's get to it. Number two. Uh, Well, uh, sorry, number three. Number three. Uh, Bison, you've made me a very happy man, Guile, and next I'll make you a dead one. Um... Number, number two. Number two. <laughs> That's how math works. I didn't put the numbers down. God here. damn it. This is the collection agency, Bison. Your ass is six months overdue, and it's mine. <laughs> I meant that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, and my favorite one of the entire thing. Colonel, have you lost your mind? And then Guile, no, you've lost your balls. You've lost your balls. <laughs> you, lost, you lost your balls. <laughs> you guys do a better John claude Van Damme than I do. Well, but. No- we also forgot the fact that he literally looks dead into the camera, which in this case is our eyes, because he looks dead into the camera and says, Bison, I'm coming for you. Yeah, and the best <laughs> part about that is that you can see he's so fucking high when he's uttering that line that he forgets how microphone works because he's holding it down to his fucking neck like he's Stephen Hawking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's absolutely fucking a shit show. I'm, I'm like looking at this, I'm like, did, did nobody want to correct him? No, he'll walk like, up. Like, I, just, 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 somebody just walk up and just like do this with his hand. Like he, he's <laughs> forgot to know what to do with his hands. Just lift it up so he's holding it like he, like even fucking here. But no, he's had it like right down here. Uh. Uh, all right. Let's have some final thoughts about this movie. Missed opportunities. A whole lot. I'm putting Elijah Wood in as uh, Blanca. 
Okay. Yeah. He can do it. Kind of in like the mold of in uh, in Sin City, like a little bit of that kind of like just crazy. Kinda weird just weird. Just weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, a little bit. You know, I would go that. So there. You know, there's movies that are so bad they're good. This is not one of those. <laughs> it's just all bad. Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us here on this journey. And I guess there's only really one left thing left to say to all of you and all the listeners. We finished this podcast, and it was terrible, like the movie. But it's okay. We can go home. We can stand here and make jokes about Kylie Minogue short shorts. Or perhaps Blanca not being a real character in a movie that he's actually in. But it's okay. We can go home. We can make all of the jokes about cocaine and how much cocaine Jean-Claude Van Damme managed to do. He did the rare three times cocaine that's doing a line with your nose, your mouth, and your anus. But it's okay. We can go home. That's okay. Now who wants to stop recording this fucking podcast? And who wants to go with me? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)